Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Merlin Cast episode 8. It's been a long time, we've been awful busy, but now we're back in action and we're looking forward to podcasting for you guys. We have a great show put together, uh, we have multiple episodes to recap, we have a bunch of news, uh, some segments, and possibly a new host with us. He was supposed to be on at this point, but he's not yet. But if he uh, gets on while we're podcasting, we'll be sure to join him in the conversation. I am Aaron Millard. I'm Courtney Catadella. I'm Andrew Bracey. Okay, Courtney, why don't you go ahead and start us out with some news. Alright, well, we finally have some more news. Um, it's been a while because they, um, the cast is in between filmings. Um but this week, um, well, recently, John Hurt won the BF, BAFTA for Outstanding Contribution to British Cinema. Um, that's the uh, British Academy Film Award, and it's presented by the BAFTA. British, uh, yeah, the British Academy of Film and Television Arts. Um, now, John Hurt's the one who plays the voice of the dragon at the beginning, and um, you know, obviously, when Merlin talks to him throughout the show. Um, and some other roles that he's played that you might recognize him from have been, um, Ollivander in Harry Potter, and, um, Adam Sutler. Really? Who's, yeah, 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 it's Ollivander. I didn't know that. Ollivander, however you want to say that, from Harry Potter, and, um, Adam Sutler, if you've ever seen V for Vendetta, um, he's the leader of the, of, of like, the futuristic UK. Um, so, that was really great, and, um... This is actually his fourth um, British Academy Film Award, and he's also received a Golden Globe. So, um, not recently, but in the past, has received a Golden Globe. So this guy is this guy's renowned as just a great actor. And Merlin's well, lucky to have him. Yeah, I'm glad uh, he won one. He deserves it. He's always yeah. been a very wise and intellectual character. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew, I believe you have the next news story. Uh, yes, I do, yeah. Um, I recently found out that the, um, the cast for the show Merlin has, uh, well, the script has been produced for season five, and they recently just did a run-through reading the lines and that sort of thing. So uh, season five is uh, definitely underway right now. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Must be interesting to sit down at a table and, just read the script around the characters table. and go over their yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it'd be funny if it was a round table, but they're in London and I imagine I've never done any sort of like theater or anything, but I know they do run throughs for everything. So I, I'm pretty sure filming's about to start up next month. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm, we're all looking forward to that. In some other news, there's a couple interviews that came out. Um, <clears throat> One of them was with the Knights. Oh, I spelled that wrong. Whoops. Um, <laughs> with the Knights, from, <laughs> with the Knights from Merlin, uh, and they were, you know, they it was one of their interviews where they're just talking um, with a website, and they were joking as usual. They, it's funny how they're like such good friends in real life, just like they are on film. Like they all tease each other, and it's just like the perfect camaraderie that they have. Um, but in specifics, the latest episode that was on Sci-Fi, uh, a Herald of the New Age, um, they talked about that, and the actor that plays Elian, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name, because I have no idea. Do you guys uh, think you could pronounce that? <laughs> um, his name, the the guy who plays Elian? Uh, yeah, Adetomiwa Eden. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. Anyway, he was talking about um that website or that that episode because that was his big character development episode. Earlier in Merlin cast, we talked about how this season every character had a set episode to develop their character. Um, and this was Elian's episode, so we talked about how it was a great experience. Um. And they talked a little bit more about his backstory. He actually was a huge fan of Merlin, and he watched it on TV. Um, and then it was season three when he joined the cast. So it's one of those awesome stories where it's some 
a guy that loved the show ends up being on the show. Um, and it's like everyone's dream come true. So it's a pretty cool story behind him. And then also there was an interview with uh, the co-creators of Merlin, Julian Murphy and Johnny Caps, And they talked about a little bit of Season 5, just some teasers. Um, and some of the big things they talked about was that Morgana is going to continue to grow stronger and more evil. Um, which I think is not a big shock. I'm, I was surprised okay. at the end when she got revived. But we can expect more evil from her. And also they hinted that the White Dragon may be a part of the legendary Camelot story um, about the Red Dragon and the White Dragon. That's not one that I'm r that familiar with, but I know it, it is a big thing in our Arthurian legend. I don't know, have you guys ever heard of it? No, I have not. No, not too much. Okay. I'll have to, we'll have to read more into that, but anyway, that's, I guess it's a big part of Arthurian legend, and they didn't say that that's what the dragon's purpose is, but they, they really hinted at it, so I'd take a good guess and say that there's going to be a red dragon as well at some point. Um, so, they did, there's a couple little hints for the next season, it's going to be like kind of a dark season, because Morgana's back, and I'm pretty sure, my guess would be Mordred's going to make a appearance again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's um, because he's already been. At some point. I'm pretty sure he's already been casted for season five, so I hope he is anyway. Like it's been a while, and I'm guessing he'll be grown up more if he is on there. But yeah. um, we'll see what happens with that. And I'm interested to find out more about the White Dragon, who yeah. we cannot pronounce. Ayutsa, Aethusa. Aethusa, that's it. But. It'll be interesting to find out more about um, the White Dragon. <clears throat> so now we're going to move on to our recaps. We're doing four episodes this week. Um, we'll do a short recap of each one and then talk about our favorite scenes and actors and give a rating. I'm going to keep track of everyone's ratings on, this, on these episodes and see which one got the highest rating. Um, so I'll go ahead and start it out with... Episode episode 7, which is called The Secret Share. Uh, this was on a couple weeks ago. It was the episode where Gaius gets kidnapped from Camelot because Morgana wants to find out who Emerus is, and she knows that Gaius knows. So she has Gaius kidnapped from Camelot. He's taken to a cave where he is... He's kind of like, I don't know if he's tied down, but he's placed on a rock. And Alatar, who is, what is he? A, like a, he's like a priest. A, a priest, like a, right? A priest of yeah. 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 Okay. So Gaius is kidnapped and taken to a cave, and he is confronted by Alatar, who is a priest of the old religion, who Morgana hired to find out more about Emrys. So he's like, he basically tortures Gaius and tries to force him to say who Emrys is, because Gaius is very persistent on not revealing who Emrys is. Um, in the meantime, Merlin's trying to figure out what happened and ends up going after Gaius with Gawain. And they get to the cave, and Gaius is, like, almost dead. But um, Aggravain is also there with his good old knife, and he's, like, got it right up to... Um, to Gaius's head, and Gawain finds him, and he's like, what are you doing? And Aggravain's like, caught off guard, but he's like, oh, well, I was just checking to see if Gaius was breathing, um, which is like the lamest excuse ever. Yeah, But so Gawain ended up buying it, even though he was suspicious, which is frustrating for everyone watching the show, because no one likes Aggravain, as far as I know. I mean, they like him because he's a good character, but in terms of him being evil, no one likes him. So... They end up rescuing Gaius, but Merlin is, he like splits up with um, Gawain and ends up in this uh, area of the cave, and the priest finds him, Alatar, and he uh, confronts him and says that he knows that he's Emrys, and then Morgana walks in and she's like, asks him if he found out who Emrys is, and he said that he did, but he ends up just, he turns and he attacks Morgana, and he knocks her out. 
Um, and Merlin's in shock because he thought his identity was about to be revealed. But then Al- Alatar turns to him and says that he um, he's been waiting for the day when Merlin when Merlin would come and um, restore magic back to to Camelot and make it okay for people to practice magic. And he said that he has Mer- Merlin has his support if he ever needs it. And he ends up bowing down to him. So uh, it was a great ending to the episode. It was unexpected and. I think it's just awesome to see this group of other sorcerers um, showing their support for Merlin. So I really enjoyed this episode. Um, best actor in the episode, I would say, was definitely Gary Lewis, who played Alatar. Um, he was he was really serious the whole episode, and he just he played a great character. So, and I'd say that my favorite scene was. Um, the one at the end when he shows his allegiance to Merlin. Uh, in rating, I would give this episode a, I'll say, a solid 9.2. I really enjoyed it. Um, you guys don't have to do favorite scene and actor, but if you want to give me your ratings for this episode, I'll take those. I would give it probably a solid 9.2. Three seven five. Since we're being really specific. Okay. All right, then I That's guess I'm going with like. Specific. I guess I'm going with like a nine, like a nine point seven three six. I mean, it was pretty great. I was, I was I, pretty I impressed it. by yeah. it. Yeah, it was really. Point seven three six. Jeez. Yes. I, know. I think at the end it was kind of one of those. Those kind of those feel good reassuring episodes. At least the ending. Yeah, definitely. All right, I think I am. I am going to do a little review of the episode um, Lamia. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Um, so just a little recap. Um, the episode starts off with a friend of Gwen's um, from her village where she grew up coming to Camelot, asking for assistance because there's a weird illness that struck their village and no one really knows what's going on. So Guys is really busy, so he sends Merlin, um, and, you know, that's really nice, because I think that it shows that Guys really trusts Merlin, and that Merlin actually has kind of accumulated a general knowledge of medicine, and he also has his magic, so that helps in some situations. Um, so Merlin's accompanied by some of the knights, and um, it ends up that he cannot heal the people in this town with magic, because... Um, the thing that's making them sick is magical. So he sets back to Camelot um, with the knights and Gwen in hopes of um, bringing Gaius and showing him the village and their sickness. And um, like the knights and like their whole crew comes across what looks like a girl who's being attacked by just some like, like I don't know, rogues in bandits. the woods. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Bandits. And um, the knights save her, you know, a lot of, you know, gallantry and whatnot. And um, throughout, like, the next scenes, like, she kind of casts what's, like, the equivalent of a spell over them. She charms them all, like, somehow. And they all end up fighting amongst themselves for her favor. And this is so strange, because obviously the knights are, like, brothers. They would die for each other. And, um, they're, like, letting a girl get between them. And so, you know, Merlin and Gwen kind of see through her because, um, like, the girl is, like, you know, terrified, in quotes, terrified of Merlin, and it kind of turns everybody against him. Um, so Gwen and Merlin are very suspicious of her. Um, and, uh, so at this point, um, our, the knights and Arthur, uh, knights and Merlin and Gwen have been gone for a while and Arthur and Gaius begin to um, like figure out that something's gone wrong with their mission and they go looking for them. Um, once they get to the village, Gaius kind of figures out that the girl like that they're with and that's made the villagers sick is called Alamia and that's a creature that takes the appearance of a girl but has like the power to control men and can kill victims with a kiss. Um, but she can also transform into a giant monster, so she's really terrifying. Um, and 
Um, so Gaia stays in the village to help the people, and Arthur continues on to um, eventually catch up with the Knights of Merlin and Gwen at an abandoned castle that um, the Lamia has kind of like seduced them into. Um, and like Gwen and Merlin and the Knights are all separated in the dark, and they're like being stalked by this like Lamia. Um, and Arthur, it ends up, arrives just in time to save Gwen and Merlin, um, when the Lamia transforms into its monster form and attacks them. So that was, that was an episode. Um, my favorite scene... Wait. What? Didn't Gwen kill the Lamia? No, Arthur kills the Lamia. Gwen, um, Gwen, like, fights him off. Like, I think oh, okay. All right, and Arthur stabs from behind, right? Yeah, exactly. Gwen, Gwen's fighting okay. off, All right. and then Arthur stabs from behind. And um, that's actually my favorite scene. My favorite scene is when Gwen is defending herself, and uh, Merlin. I don't know. I don't know what Merlin's doing. Um, like, um, Merlin's recovering from his like magical duel with the creature, and um, Gwen's defending herself and Merlin. He's napping, basically. Yeah, he's basically he's basically sleeping on the job again. He's, and, um, he's like, alright, Gwen, this is all you. Exactly. It's like girl power. Um, but Arthur arrives just as like Gwen is defending herself, and he, you know, they tag team up on it and kill it, which is really good. Um, and I thought that was just really nice. And another favorite thing that I liked about this was um, Arthur's concern over Gwen and Merlin and the knights when they were missing um, in the woods. In, like, the woods. I thought that was really nice. Um, my favorite actor in this was the um, actress who played um, the Lamia. Her name is Charlene McKenna. I thought she did a really convincing job of being a really, like, incredibly manipulative character and, you know, was really expressive with her emotions and things like that. Um... Overall, though, not gonna lie, I was not a big fan of this episode. I specifically remember the first time I watched it, kind of being like, well, that was just another filler episode, because it just reminded me of those episodes back in earlier seasons that were just used as kind of like fluff episodes that didn't really um, add to the plot that much, but just kind of existed for the sake of existing. Um, Like, I, I... I really had kind of a strong dislike for this episode, so I'm going to give it a five. What do you guys a think? Five? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it to an extent, but, I mean, like, it sparked some emotion for me. I was so frustrated when the knights were under her spell. Um, it wasn't, you're right, though, it didn't have much relevance to the overall plot, so I'd give it a seven, but... I'd probably give it a solid six, because I wasn't a terribly huge fan either. Okay, alright. Who would you say in this episode the character development was for? I was thinking about that, but I don't really... Maybe Arthur Honestly, a little bit? Maybe, maybe Arthur a little bit. I was thinking, like, out of the knights, it would probably be Percival, because I just remember yeah. um, him really being kind of into, into the Lamia. Um, like very seduced and um, attracted to her and I don't know just a little bit of his character came out obviously he was under a spell so it wasn't his true character but it focused more on him than I think it did the other knights except for Elian because he got attacked but that's okay um okay yeah I just kind of I didn't understand really even any much development for any character in the episode, so... It was okay, though. I mean, it was a good job by the actors and actresses. Uh, Alrighty, um, so next, Andrew? Yes, our next episode was Lancelot Duloc. And, uh, pretty much in this episode, uh, Lancelot makes, uh, he supposedly comes back from the dead. But, uh, well, that's that's the overall gist of it. But uh, it starts out, um, Arthur, he uh, he really has the hots for Guinevere right now, as many people already know. And uh, so he tells Agravain, probably the worst decision he makes in the whole episode, is to tell Agravain 
he plans on marrying Guinevere. Of course, Agravain, being the conniving character he is, just has to go and tell Morgana about it. And Morgana, who has an undying hatred for Guinevere, says, I will not see that woman upon my throne. So we kind of got a little girl fighting over the throne here. But uh, besides that, so Morgana searches for this uh, this sorceress called the, the Dockrade, who's a sorceress of the old religion or what have you. And uh, she gives Morgana this coin that she can use... To raise a She's ship. really attractive too. Oh, oh yeah. It's just all the stitches and everything all over her face. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, what'd you think, Courtney? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, beautiful. I'd rate her I'd rate her like a solid nine point five. Oh yeah, definitely. So anyway, um <laughs> she uh gives Morgana this coin and Morgana travels to the pool of Nemain, or however the heck you spell that. And um she uh raises what at first appears to be Lancelot, but it really is a shade of Lancelot, which is a pretty much just a ghost, a shadow of his former self. And um, But she commands this shade of Lancelot to uh, go to Camelot and, and uh, you know, just try and gain Gwen's love again and kind of sway her away from Arthur and maybe, you know, tempt her to do something that wouldn't be very favorable in Arthur's eyes. So, uh, so Lancelot, quote, he goes back to Camelot, and everyone's at first really happy that he's back and stuff, but, um, just some inconsistencies with his return make, uh, Merlin a little suspicious, uh, like, for example, the Shade isn't aware that Merlin has can perform magic when the real Lancelot was one of the few people who did know. So, uh, so just that, that raises some of Merlin's suspicions. Um, so he and Gaius d- divulge a little plan, and, uh, he, uh, they, they perform a spell where they draw this symbol on the floor of their, of their, uh, residence, and when the shade walks over, it reveals itself to be a shade rather than actual Lancelot. So now Merlin and Gaius are both aware. But unfortunately, that's not enough because the shade manages to uh, he uh, and Gwen find themselves alone in uh, the main throne room, and so. Uh, Did you talk about the bracelet? Which, oh, oh, right, good call. Um, yeah, they uh, they managed to get this bracelet onto, onto Guinevere's wrist, which uh, seduces her and you know makes her want. Lancelot again more than she wants Arthur, and so uh, and so she when's wearing this when uh, Lance when Lancelot gets her alone inside the throne room, and um, so basically Merlin tries to stop him, but uh, Lancelot's a shade, so and he ends up uh, knocking Merlin unconscious, and. Uh, at this time, Agravain he uh, he uh, gets Arthur to the council chambers, and they and Merlin find Lancelot and Gwen. I'm well, I'm sorry, Gwen, <laughs> kissing, and so Arthur immediately flips out, attacks Lancelot, and they start fighting. Um, Merlin fortunately disarms Lancelot using magic, and Arthur attempts to kill him, but Gwen uh, gets in the way. And then uh, Lancelot and Gwen, they're each thrown into different cells. And uh, Gwen pulls off the bracelet. And so now she realizes, you know, just how badly what, what she's done. Even though it wasn't entirely her fault, though. Because, of course, it was Morgana's, just like everything else. Morgana and Agravain. But, of course, Gwen is the victim, which really stinks for her. And, uh, like, Arthur... Uh, Invites her back to the throne room, and Gwen apologizes, and tell and she tells Arthur that you know she, he's the only person she's ever loved. But uh, you know Arthur's not very convinced, and he banishes Gwen. And um, then Agravain, well Morgana gives Agravain an order to tell the fake Lancelot to kill himself. 
And um, so Lancelot, he does he does just that. And then the final scene, uh, Merlin goes to bury Lancelot's dead body. He uh, puts him in a boat, you know, the whole burning the body inside a boat on a lake. I guess it's playing it safe, I guess, if you don't want to fire. And uh, But before he does that, Lancelot kind of comes unconscious and he's for like a split second you see like I guess the spirit of the real Lancelot and uh he says uh you know thank you Merlin and uh Merlin, Merlin smiles and uh then Lancelot dies and uh then he sets the boat on fire and sends it out into the lake and so that is the that entire episode hmm? yeah Definitely. So, um, overall, I thought this was a, I don't know, maybe another, well, no, not not necessarily, because we kind of had to have that separation between Gwen and Arthur for a while. So, I w it was definitely a really good development in the episode. Um, you don't really know whether or not Lancelot's going to come back. Personally, I hope and pray he does, not only because he's awesome, but he's also a vital, kind of a vital character throughout a lot of our theory and legend. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about that. Yeah. If you guys all think he's going to come back or not. Because, in like, if you look at the real Arthurian legend timeline, Lancelot shouldn't be dead yeah. at this point. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. No, and there's so be. many more stories relating to Arthurian legend that Lancelot's a part of that haven't been um, covered. And we don't know how many seasons Merlin's going to be, but assuming it's more than season five coming up... Um, there's so much more room for Lancelot, so I, in my opinion, I would say that Lancelot has to come back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I think that, like, at this point, he's too amazing as far as, like, character development goes for them to really give him up. I mean, he's yeah. probably one of their more, like, um, I guess... He's one of the more characters vital characters. That they have in... Yeah. Exactly. He's, like, kind of just, like, a pillar of Arthurian legend. It's, like, you know... Lancelot the Brave, so. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with both of those, and I, I don't know, I guess, you know, dying a couple times, you know, eventually you'd get used to it and you'd have to come back, so, I don't know, I, I think uh, he's probably by now used to it and he'll probably end up coming back again, whether as a shade or as his real self, hopefully his real self this time, but uh, we'll see, and that'll be, inter that'll, that'll be interesting to see if it happens. So overall, I'd say um, probably my favorite scene, probably the ending when uh, Merlin's performing the burial, because at least you, you get a glimpse of uh, Lancelot while he's not under the influence of Morgana. And, um, you know, it's just a tearful, I don't know, emotional scene. And so that's uh, something you got to have once in a while. What's your uh, rating on this episode? I'd say my rating's probably a solid nine and a half, nine point five. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'll go. Honestly, this is probably, if not my favorite episode of the season, one of my favorites. Uh, as much as I hated to see Lancelot like ruin so much, it was such an emotional episode, and so. Uh, it's just so provoking yeah. that it it just they did such a great job with it and um Lancelot was such a great character even though he was evil um Santiago Cabrera did a great job of uh playing evil Lancelot and just the the there's two scenes that really stuck out to me were the the one the one in the um oh the courtroom mm. what's it called the, uh, whatever it's yeah. called. The, throw, the council chamber or something like that. I've seen in the courtroom where, uh, Lancelot and Gwen are kissing. And, like, you don't even, like, expect to see it coming. But Aggravain's, uh, got Arthur already played. He's got this whole thing planned out. So he just, you know, he brings Arthur in. And Arthur sees it. And then, like, the just the raw emotion of Arthur getting mad and then Lancelot, like, Lancelot just kind of almost, like, smirks, because he, he's evil at this point, so he's just, like, enjoying the fact that Arthur's in pain, and then yeah. them fighting over Gwen, and I honestly, I was kind of hoping at that point Arthur would kill Lancelot, I think that would have served, like, if he would have killed Lancelot, and then, like, somehow he would have seen that it was a shade, that would have been a really good ending, 
um, yeah. to that little problem. Yeah. But I just, I really love that. Well, so yeah, that, that, that part and then the be, scene. That'll be interesting when he ends up coming back, though. So, Arthur, uh, that, yeah. that'll be an interesting, you know, why the heck did you do that? Do what? Type. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that should be an interesting one. And the other scene I'd say is uh, the one where he calls Gwen back into the chambers. Um, that was to sentence her or whatever, and it's that was just so it was so intense. Actually, like, like well, yeah, one crucial know. part of the episode I kind of left out was when they had the uh, the tournament in which Lancelot was participating as yeah. well. That was when he actually gave uh, Gwen the bracelet as a quote wedding gift. So that, that's how he kind of slipped yeah. it to her. And then, uh, and that's, and Merlin's suspicions got even, you know, higher from there, especially when he saw Gwen visiting Lancelot's jousting tent during the tournament. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, definitely another one of those um, vital scenes to the, to this episode. So that really just, it was a great episode. I'd give it, in terms of rating, I'd give it a 9.8 cause it was one of my favorites. Courtney. I feel like I really, really loved it, and I had a lot of problems keeping it together. Really? It was really rough. <laughs> um, I <laughs> shut up, Aaron. Um, yeah, I would definitely give tears this episode. were shed. Definitely, tears were shed alone in my room in the dark of the night, watching like Arthur banish Gwen. Um, I'm a cool cat, but. It was hard. I would say that I would give this, like, 9.7. It was really great. Um, And I think my favorite scene would probably be, um, like, Arthur, like, kind of banishing Gwen. Just because, like, you can see how hard it is for him. Like, his heart is just broken, and he's just trying to, like, I don't know cope with what's happening and Gwen is just like oh my god I don't even know what's going on but I don't know I feel so bad about the situation but it'll be okay Ugh. um so yeah what was your rating on it 9.7 9.7 alrighty um so we have one more episode wait Aaron I have to go you have to go Okay. I have to go. That's fine. Can you um, finish without me? Yeah, we should be fine. So, okay. everyone, it looks like Courtney has to leave us a little early. So, we're going to say goodbye to her and yeah, continue sorry, on. Guys. No, no problem. But Bye. she'll be back next week. Have so, a have a nice night, Courtney. Bye, you too. Just um, stop your audio file and okay. send it to me. Okay. Alrighty. Thanks. Goodbye. All right, Andrew. Um, let's see here. So I guess we can kind of do this episode together. Yep. Um, the episode is a herald of the new age. Episode ten. Yep. Yes. It is. Uh, this is the episode where they are. Uh, Arthur and his troop of knights and Merlin are going through the forest, and they come across uh, like abandoned. Um, can't yeah shrine and it's really creepy and like merlin's got the creeps as soon as they get there and he warns them that they shouldn't touch anything and like the the some of the knights of course are laughing about it and they're just like oh this isn't a big deal so elian goes over to a well and i believe he drinks some water out of it or splashes his face with water Mm -hmm. um which was not a good idea at all so they End up going back to Camelot, and that night, Elian's, like, in his bed, and all of a sudden, he, like, sees this, uh, young druid boy. We don't know what's a druid at the time, but he's soaked, and he's, like, in his room, and he's, like, begging for help, and, uh, of course, Elian's freaked out, and at that point, he just thinks it's a dream, but as the, um, episode progresses, he sees him more and more, Mm -hmm. and eventually, um, the the child takes over Elian and kind of possesses him. Uh, really, in the story behind it, we find out is that these druids were all murdered and they want revenge, um, so they want to kill Arthur. So Elian ends up 
being possessed and going to attempt to kill Arthur. Mm. Uh, there's, a, I mean, there's some scenes before that where Ar- Ar- Merlin's picking up on it, and he knows something's wrong, but him and guys are trying to figure out what it is, and they haven't figured it out in time. <laughs> and uh, Elian comes in with a sword and tries to attack Arthur, and they, they end up fighting. And I'm, do you remember how it gets stopped? I don't know. All I remember was Elian somehow escaped out into the woods. And Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, they, they're fighting, and I believe somehow the sword gets knocked out of Elian's hand. Mm-hmm. And Elian runs. Um, and up to this point, Arthur hasn't believed that Elian was um, possessed in any way when Merlin tried to explain that to him. But this is what convinces Arthur that he is possessed. Um and something's wrong with him. So Arthur doesn't immediately, like, sentence him to death, but Elian goes out in the woods, and that night, um, he tells Merlin that he's gonna go to sleep early, and Merlin's like, oh, okay, um, I might as well too, and he's like, uh, no, you're gonna polish my armor. But while Merlin's polishing the armor, like, he suspects something's up, and he sees, um, a hooded figure leaving the castle, Mm -hmm. and it ends up being Arthur. So he follows him out into the woods, and they run into each other, and they end up going together, and Arthur explains that he needs to do something that he should have done a long time ago. And they go back to the shrine um, where this whole thing started. And it turns out that when Arthur was younger tonight, he was sent to do a raid on the Druid camp. And they went, mm-hmm. and their instructions were only to kill the men, but um, some of his knights didn't obey, and they were killing the women and children. So it was a very traumatic um, area, and of course druids are magical beings, so when they had all that negative energy, a lot of it got stuck there. Um, so they get there, and Elian is in the distance, and Arthur sees him and starts apologizing to him. And it's not Elian, it's the it's the kid in Elian's body. And Arthur gets really emotional and crying, and he apologizes for it all, and he really regrets it. Um, and... Elian walks up to him, and it looks like Elian draws his sword, and like Arthur's like ready to die, and he ends up hugging Arthur and forgiving him. Um, so it was really a powerful episode. It, I mean, again, it wasn't a huge plot relevant episode, but it did. It was big on character development, really for Arthur. Um, I really enjoyed. That was my favorite scene. Was the ending scene when he apologized. Because it really showed that Arthur's realizing he is, uh, he's different than his father. I, and he promises that druids will be treated with respect from now on in his kingdom. Which is a huge thing to say. Yeah. Because they're magical beings. And that was a huge step in the right direction for magic. Um, and for Arthur to just confess that he did wrong, which we all know Arthur's a really cocky and bold guy. Sometimes um, he can do that. Was Sometimes he's a little, that. like, yeah, he has the capability to be humble and admit when he's wrong, unlike his father quite a bit of the time. Yeah. So it was great to see this happen. Um, and then we see... Well, actually, that, that's the end of the episode. Um, I would see, So that was my favorite scene, and Arthur uh, Bradley James is definitely the best actor. And also Elian. Um, well, I'm not going to say his name because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Uh, the actor that plays Elian did a great job as well. He um, he did a good job of acting as a different person um, because he was a boy in this one. Um, so I really enjoyed that. It was a good episode. I'd give it probably a like an eight point eight, just because if it would have had more to do with the overall plot, then I probably would have rated it higher. But since it didn't, I'm gonna give it eight point eight. Andrew, what? I'd give it what a, you? What were your I'd thoughts? probably give it an eight. I'd say uh, it seems it seems like I think it was important in Arthur's char- character development, but otherwise it was mostly a filler type episode. But uh, I think the two yeah. main important things about it were a, it helped Arthur develop as a character, and b, it was a really a step in the right direction with respect to Arthur, you know, pledging that he'll treat druids fairly in his kingdom. That's definitely a a, gr- a good development in the in the story overall. So yeah, it was a great episode. And then the preview for next week, which would be this Friday, is uh, it looks like you see a doe, and it looks like the doe is 
somehow Guinevere, and it looks like Arthur's about to shoot her with a crossbow. Uh-oh. So it looks like uh, an interesting episode, and it'll be interesting to see how that whole predicament got started. Uh, looking forward to that one. So next we're going to do a couple segments. Uh, we'll start out with Trouble in Camelot, and then we have a new one. Um, so do you want to do it first, Andrew? No, 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 actually. Uh, why don't you come up with a scene for me while I'm thinking about something? Okay. Um, let's see here. Let me think this over. Uh, okay. Andrew, you are a young druid boy with surprisingly high potential to be a very powerful druid. Uh-huh. And you come across a person by the name of Merlin, and you are taken, wait, no, that doesn't make sense. No, not really. <laughs> I gotta think. <laughs> you come across Merlin, and Merlin attacks you, um, and he knocks you out. He is then joined by Arthur, who takes you into custody, and you are going to be burned at the stake because Merlin tells Arthur that you attacked him. So you're tied up and they're about ready to start the fire. What are you going to do to escape? Well, I would probably manipulate the fire since I have magic to burn everything but me, including my rope. <laughs> then in going to massacre the whole crowd oh no just maybe create like a huge diversion maybe create like a fiery fiery wall around me while i escape or something like that try not to hurt uh, try to hurt as few people as possible maybe take out a few guards on my way out so you guys always die anyway and uh yeah it's probably how those they're expendable yeah definitely Alrighty. okay speaking of guards aaron you're a camelot guard um, oh, jeez. Camelot is, well, no. You're uh, just doing a kind of routine patrol on the borders of Camelot. You've got about five other guys with you. Then uh, suddenly a bunch of uh, rogues and bandits or, no, no, you know what? A bunch of soldiers and stuff from an opposing kingdom ambush you. Yeah. Uh, there, there's crossbows flying all over the place. Two of you guys get killed immediately. Um, you've got one guy who can't walk because he's been shot in the leg. You've got one horse. You've got a rape whistle in case anyone is nearby. You can try. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You've got you've got a horn that you can use to call for help. The only problem with that is. Do I have is, a weapon? Hmm? What? Do I have a weapon? Yeah, you've got you've got a sword and you've got a crossbow with five arrows left, and um, but you've got a horn that you can use for to call for help. The only chance you're taking is you could get Camelot forces there, but you could also potentially uh, alert forces from the other kingdom to get over there too. And like I said, one of you guys can't walk right now, and you've got one horse that's still alive at your disposal. So what do you do? Uh, throw the guy over the horse, and I'll get on the horse, too. You've still got one other comrade. Oh, there's another guy? Yeah, so only two of you guys have died so far, and there were five of you. The other guy's in perfectly good shape. Well, then I'd just throw the hurt guy on the horse, and the horse would walk along with us. And we would have to fight our way back to Camelot. And once we got in sight of Camelot, we would blow the horn. Inside of camp. Help. Uh, no, we got in, in sight, like oh, inside okay. of it, like we could see it, like we knew we were close enough answer. that reinforcements would get to us before the opposing enemies got to us. Um, and then I would take my arrows and I would snipe out some some evil soldiers, headshots every time, of course. Um. And then one, there'd be one more bad guy, and I'd strangle him with my rape whistle. 
the. the I'm just kidding about the wisdom. Hell, you don't have one. Well, I still have it. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> All right. So yeah, um, all right, and we're gonna do one more segment. It's a new segment. It's called unpick an actor. Normally, you do pick an actor where we take um, someone outside of Merlin and put them in a role in Merlin. But this time, we're gonna take a character or or an actor in Merlin or actress and put them in the role of another television show or movie. So, Andrew, you can go first on this one. All right. Well, for those of you who've seen the other guys, I think you'll like this one. I, for one, would not mind seeing Colin Morgan and Bradley James as the role of the two cops, the two cops known as the other guys in the movie, the other guys. So, essentially, that would entail replacing... Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell with uh, Bradley James and Colin Morgan, respectively. So they'd still be the dynamic duo, those two, only they would be police officers in New York City. And uh, like Will Ferrell was, I think Colin Morgan would probably be the more nerdy officer working on scaffolding cases, whereas Bradley James, like Mark Wahlberg, would probably be, you know, the guy who uh, is more gung-ho, wants to get out and get some firefights and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that is my portion of the segment. It's a good one. I like it. It's a interesting twist. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna change it up, and I'm going to say, hey, I don't know, sometimes I like to do these more as comedy. Actually, no, here's an interesting one. Let's say... Of the nights, I'd say the best night for an action movie mm-hmm. would probably be Lancelot. Oh, uh, Santiago. Um, Santiago Cabrera. And put him as in the role of, was it Mark Wahlberg in Contraband? Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. That would be pretty awesome. I don't know if anyone's seen Contraband, but. I'd, I'd like to see this. I'd like to see. badass movie. I would definitely like to see, uh. Santiago Cabrera in some in some like American action movies. He, he just seems like that guy yeah. with the action film personality who could pull who could pull it off if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. You know who he, you know who Great he almost reminds guy. me of in uh, some of his pictures, where, like where he's wearing the suit of armor and stuff. Kind of reminds me of Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, just a little. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. So, yeah, he uh, definitely did that. So yeah, I think that would be interesting. Or if you took. Um. Oh, who's Uther played by? I got it. I got it. So if you take, I think also if you took Anthony Head, um, who plays Uther, he could play a lot of um roles of flawed people in power. I'm trying to think of a good example. If you look at like, uh, I don't know, what's a good movie about like government overthrow or about someone that abuses the power? Eyes of March. Uh-huh. I've never seen it. Oh. Uh, I haven't seen it either. I was throwing it. Government overthrow. Huh. Maybe, uh, have you seen, or just like, have you know, you seen someone... Valkyrie? Or like yeah, the attempt... but isn't that about Hitler? Yeah, it was about the attempt to overthrow him. <laughs> I don't think... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say, actually. forget. I'll just take this part out. Um. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. I think it'd be interesting. If anyone has any ideas for... Uh, good roles for some of the Merlin actors or actresses. I think uh, you should feel free to contribute. Absolutely. Um, so we're our episodes running on about fifty minutes right now. This is a really a solid episode. Uh-huh. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna close it up. Um, just in review, uh, if you look at our ratings of the episodes, Courtney averaged about a solid 9.5 on her episodes. She's pretty lenient on her uh, marks, except for the five she gave to Lamia. Um, Andrew, you were probably around an eight. Okay. You were a pretty harsh critic, and I was around a, about a nine. So, I don't know. We were all kind of in the same range. Overall, they were all pretty high ratings. We didn't really have any, like, there's no average here that's, like, extremely low or anything, which shows that Merlin's always living up to our expectations for the most part. Um, to wrap things up, if you'd like to get a hold of us, 
you can visit our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash MerlinCast. Um, and there you can like us, you can leave comments, we always update it, and you can comment on things that we're doing, or you can just leave your messages, whatever you want. Um, we'll be sure to respond to you. You can follow us on Twitter, at the MerlinCast, or just search MerlinCast in the search bar. We love to have new followers, and you can always tweet us on there, and we'd be more than happy to include what you say on the show, maybe, or respond to you. Um, and also, you can email us at themerlincast at gmail.com. Um, and you can send us questions, comments, concerns, anything, anything you feel you need to say about the show. Um, we'll be sure to answer you. It's almost a guarantee. We are, we're always checking our email. And there's a good chance it'll be put on the show, too. Um, and then please visit our website, which is www.merlincast.blogspot.com. Um, that's where you can find our RSS feed, links to our Twitter and Facebook, uh, regular updates on our show, and anything really that you need on our, our podcast is on that website. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, and please review us as well. So far, we have a five-star rating, which is awesome. Uh, we thank you guys for all those great ratings, and we love ratings and we love reviews, so f- feel free to do some more. Um, we're all on break right now, so this should be a better quality episode, because um, all, our, all our computer connections, our internet connections are running a lot better. So uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, and we're hoping to get back on our weekly schedule now that we're done with midterms, even though we're going back to college. We'll do our best. So I would expect another episode next week. Um, we're all looking forward to it. Andrew, is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no, actually. There's a firearm, the fire oh, alarm's go going off, so I'm going to have to cut short on this one. Oh, here we go. Andrew in action. All right, all right everyone. Yep. Andrew's got a fire to go to. All right, see you Have guys. a nice night. All right, I'm stopping Thank my you. audacity now. Bye. All right.